Why do we tend to become someone we don't recognize or even worse, a younger version of ourselves when we are with our family of origin? Today, we introduce honest women listeners to internal family systems and talk about our own experiences and struggles with being our adult selves when visiting family. You're listening to Honest Women, the podcast for every woman who's trying to juggle the relationships, roles, and responsibilities that come with modern womanhood and finding it all just a little harder than she thought it would be. We're your hosts, Andrea Berkeley and Jessica Hutchison, your new besties who just happen to be therapists. And while we believe that life is hard and there's no tip or trick that will solve that, it does get just a little bit easier when we can be real with each other and talk about it honestly. You're listening to Honest Women. Hello, my friends. Hi, friend. How are you? I'm good. I am really excited to see your face and to be recording. Yes. What people don't know is that we were putting out episodes every week, but that's because we recorded a lot in the spring with life being the way that it is and us both being so busy and here, there and everywhere we have not recorded. So it's really good to be back. And one of the reasons we haven't recorded for a chunk of time is because I have had a couple different trips over the last month to my home state of Colorado. Mm-hmm. Shout whoop, out whoop. to any of my Coloradoans listening <laughs> to this podcast. Oftentimes with summer, we start to see some of our families a lot more frequently. And I don't know about you, but when I am with my family of origin, who I love to be around, however, Sometimes it can feel like a really big inner conflict going on between who I am now and who I used to be. Mm-hmm. Does that happen to you? Yeah, absolutely. There's something about going home and now I live closer to where I grew up. And so I see my family more frequently. And so this is this happens less often now. But when I used to live far away or see my family really infrequently, I definitely noticed, I don't know, I'd sometimes just start to feel like I wasn't myself. Or I was a former version of myself when I was around my family and not usually the most evolved version of myself. (laughs) Oh, yes. Our Mm -hmm. former self, which I agree with our former self comes out naturally when we're with our family of origin. And it can make it difficult, especially for those of us who don't live close by and we don't see our families as frequently. So that is what we are getting into today, Mm -hmm. kind of talking about our own experience with being around our extended families and really what comes up for us when we do. Let me start by saying I'm a really big why girl and not necessarily from a place of it has to definitively, I need to know why definitively, but I have to have a level of understanding of why I do the things I do or others do the things they do or why I can feel uncomfortable. And so when we're talking about this family of origin, I'm going to be speaking from a lens It's a therapeutic lens, but I'm going to be speaking from it from a personal lens, not as a therapist. It's from internal family systems. I will go ahead and throw out that I am not an expert as a therapist in internal family systems, but I have become very acquainted with it from a personal perspective with my own therapist and and my journey that I have gone on. I have as well. I'm also in internal family systems therapy now, and it's a really different approach to understanding what's going on in your world, but also to attending to 
I guess what's happening inside. And yes. so it's been a it's been a very interesting way to understand myself and a very interesting way to see change happen in my world. I agree. I really connect with it. You know, Andrea, but our listeners don't know that you and I are both kind of training junkies. It's true. We love to learn. We do. We're total dorks. <laughs> yes. So now through my personal journey with this, I actually would like to know more from that therapeutic lens. But, you know, internal family systems is, it conceives that everyone has these subpersonalities that we're born with. And each one of those subpersonalities are referred to as parts. And each part has a different talent, it has different resources, and it has a different purpose in our lives. And over time and through our own life experience, these parts can get frozen in time as a result of different life experiences that we go through, traumas, difficult periods of time. And those parts through that become what is referred to as this protection, this protective side of us. But being frozen in time also means that we can be stuck at that age. So therefore, a 40-year-old, which just so happens to be my age, (laughs) can become really defensive and argumentative in the same manner that a nine-year-old can or a 14-year-old, you know, sassy teenager can. And so from this IFS, internal family systems perspective, this is the person's protective part that is coming out in the present. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely does. Parts of us can always not just, I don't think of them just as protective, but as like doing the best that they can. And so parts of us can feel, yeah, parts of us can feel overwhelmed in a way. If I've got a really young part of me showing up, I might feel overwhelmed in a way that I don't feel overwhelmed anywhere else in my life, right? I may feel a little more out of sorts or out of control when like my adult self can definitely handle that. But if that part comes to play, (laughs) it's all of a sudden, it's like I'm six or eight or 10 going I don't know how to do this or this is too much for me. And those parts show up, at least for me, very much show up when I am visiting family and I return back to that place where it all began. Yeah. And it's it's good to note that like our parts don't only show up when we go back home because yeah. these parts of us can come out whenever they're needed. So a lot of times when we're under like under stress of any kind, these parts might come out, right? This is the part of me that learned how to deal with stress at different points in my life. But it's fair to say that because being with your family can kind of bring you back to that place, it's I think it is common for them to come up when you're around your family, especially if you had stress in your childhood, which to be fair, most of us did. I think everybody did. What I really noticed when I was working on kind of what I wanted to talk about in today's episode, because it It took a while for me to weave through it and what it was. And so when I talk about needing to know the why, it was really looking within myself to say, who is this person who shows up when I'm around or can be around visiting my family who looks very different than who I am and how I show up today? And I struggle with feeling incongruent with my true self. 
and not knowing why or feeling really out of control. Yeah. And you know, so many different fields of psychology have different ways of explaining this. You might say like, by our family of origin, we fall into our old roles or with our family of origin, we're trying to navigate the rules that the system deals with. But what I love about this take on it is that instead of saying, what's wrong with me, my whole self, why am I acting like this? You know, what's wrong with me that I'm getting reactive or I'm getting frustrated or I'm saying yes, when normally like I would say no. I can have a much more compassionate understanding of myself when I'm like, it's just a part of me. Yes. It's my whole self. That lens of compassion for oneself, that it's not, there's nothing wrong with me. Right. You know, so when I'm back in Colorado, there was one point where I took a nap, like on the couch in the middle of my sister's family room. And our listeners, you don't know me as well as you're going to get to know me in the episodes to come, but I don't do that. I just, I don't stop moving. I go, go, go until I drop at night. It's just how I'm wired right now in this season of my life with my kids being young that I just find it easier to keep going until nine o'clock at night when I crash versus trying to stop and start. So for me to lie down in the middle of the day, and I'm talking in the family room around everybody. Like I didn't go into a room. Yeah. Everything. I went to sleep. I had to sit with that for really for a while because I just didn't understand why my whole self was just fried and I shut down. And what I'm coming to realize is I have this part, which I like to refer to as my 14-year-old self part, <laughs> that can be really hard to be around. God bless this 14-year-old self. But she can be really, really difficult to be around because she's so protective over me. Looking back at that shutdown, literal shutdown, total withdrawal from it all, I realize all of these parts that don't come out as frequently when I'm home in this environment that I've created, but man, do they show up like all at once, all in the room when I go to visit my family. What, what do you know about that 14-year-old part? I'm so curious. <gasps> I'm getting her. to know her really well. Yeah. She is really intimidating, looks really strong, can be unapproachable, almost scary, like, ugh, don't want to poke the bear type. But when you really get to know that part, she's actually very soft and just doesn't know how to talk about or express what she needs or has felt invalidated or pushed aside or told to get over it so many times. The only way she knows, that 14-year-old part knows, to protect herself is to just have a really hard shell. Yeah. And I'll be honest, because that's all what we're about on this. So this is, it is vulnerable to talk about it for me. As a human, it's a vulnerable thing to talk about in this episode. But that, what I have gotten, and I've gotten real acquainted with that part of me. And there's been a lot of tears as I got to know that part of me and what that part has needed and explaining why she doesn't have to protect me in the same way that she did at that time. Mm. 
because you understand that, you know, when you were 14-ish years old, that that was the best way that you could deal with the world was to be sort of unapproachable, really strong, but maybe vulnerable underneath. And she probably didn't feel very understood. And she probably, you know, because you're being aggressive or strong, right? She probably didn't get the connection that she needed. And so for you to be able to kind of get to know this part of yourself and to be able to almost speak to it. And I know this sounds a little woo-woo if you haven't done it before, but trust, it works. But to be able to speak to this like former version of yourself and to be able to say, you don't have to be in charge anymore. I'm here. Older, wiser self is here. And you don't have to do that hard work. And you don't have to put on that aggressive stance or that harsh shell. I remember the first time my therapist told me, gather my parts into a room and what that room looked like. And it was so funny because the room was a, a, was a boardroom. <laughs> Like that was the image <laughs> that came to my head. And she, I mean, she laughed. She's like a boardroom. Like why? And I'm like, I don't know. We're all, we, everybody has a seat at the table and this is where we're sitting. And she's like, well, why is the nine-year-old? I'm like, oh, well, the nine-year-old's like on a beanbag in the corner of the boardroom, like just, you know, just hanging. And, but I remember so vividly being truly my adult self, looking at that, visualizing these parts and being terrified of that 14-year-old self and being like, ooh, she's scary. I don't want to piss her off. And I remember at the time my therapist was like, good to know. <laughs> I don't like, want to piss off that 14-year-old self either. Right. I think what's so hard is when you go back to our families, which can be great and wonderful, but it's hard when you don't understand things that come up that maybe have not come up for a really long time. And when you talk about, you know, asking me questions about that 14-year-old self, I was, I was a happy kid, which I'm very mindful of now, not, not saying that around my kids, because it very much painted this picture for me that if I'm not happy, people don't want to be around me. Yeah. If you have a different feeling, if you have a different emotion, that's icky. Nobody likes that. People only like happy, Jessica. Mm -hmm. So getting in touch with this 14-year-old part who's really angry and standoffish, understanding like she really does not want to always be the happy one. Mm -mm. And she can't be because when you're 14, you're not. Your world is complicated. There's a lot going on. And if you've been getting that message, you know, explicit or implicit, that the only acceptable way to be is pleasant and you don't feel pleasant. And maybe in the moment, you're even continuing to get those messages. This is not acceptable. We do not connect with this. Then of course, you're going to develop some way to deal with that stress, right? Oh, for sure. These parts of ourselves, they're smart. If we think that as humans, we are built to attach and connect to other humans, then we got to give these parts of ourselves credit that they either figured out how to attach, right? Like your younger self who figured out how to be pleasing and happy, or they figure out how to protect when they can't. I work with a number of clients who are just these brilliant women, strong, high-powered, absolutely in charge of their day-to-day life, and they encounter their families their family of origin, right? Back at mom and dad's house or there for this visit. And they they can't say no. They can't speak up. 
they might feel like those weird dynamics that you can feel when you're around your siblings and you think maybe they're getting more attention or more of a shake than you are. And they have to be pleasing in order to get the connection that they're looking for. And that's a younger part showing up. That part learned at that point in time, I have to be a certain way in order to be loved. It's just that over the course of our lives as we grow and develop into more full humans, hopefully we learn that we don't have to do that. Hopefully we are in healthy relationships where we can grow and stretch and more fully be ourselves. And so if you're living as a 35-year-old woman who's learned all these things and then go back into a situation where you're feeling all those feelings again that you were feeling as a young person. And then this part comes out and you're people pleasing. You're like, what the hell am I doing? And that's that part showing up because it learned the rules of the road. And to be fair, if you go back to like rules and roles, our family of origins tend to operate in the same way that they always did. Oh, for sure. So even if you've moved on to your new family and you say, we don't do things like that, when you go back home, you find yourself doing things like that. Oh, you revert back. Mm -hmm. You very Mm -hmm. much revert back. And if I think about myself on that couch and totally just withdrawing and sleeping, I really think a part of it was, I don't want to pretend that I'm happy and everything's great, but nothing's wrong. I just there's no answer, right? You can't be anytime I am, you know, just that melancholy, just like, whatever, something has to be wrong. And so if there's nothing to attach it to, well, then what does my brain past self do? Well, something's wrong with me. Why don't I feel happy? I'm the happy one, but I don't feel happy. What's wrong with me or what is wrong? And sometimes it's nothing, tired, stressed, frustrated, disheartened, anxious, but that whole having to be a certain way can come out quite a bit. Yeah. It's almost like your body shut down because it was like, I don't know which way to go. I'm out. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Taking a nap. My body was Uh, like, I'm out. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Meanwhile, I love taking naps and I don't I wish I could. Hmm. I just have such a hard time with the stop start, Mm -hmm. which you know that about me even when I'm working like a project. Right. Like that starting and then stopping, starting and stopping, it kills productivity for me. It's hard, but I I will tell you. So I'm sleeping on the couch and I hear my daughter like, you know, like her footsteps coming up and I hear my mom say to her, like, she's taking a nap. And and then I very much see my daughter completely disregard her and come up to me and go, mom, mom, oh my gosh, I'm sleeping. Oh, I, I, I didn't know you were sleeping. Will you come downstairs and look at this dance move I just created? I'm like, oh my God, no, no. You're like, this I is why I don't try to rest. Right, now. right. This is why I don't try to rest in our day-to-day world because you do not accept my no. And I'm very clearly exactly not why. available to watch your dance move. Not, and- not available. Mm-hmm. My 14-year-old part is withdrawing from this situation, child. I'm out. <laughs> but I think for me going home, I don't transition well, you know, and I think I've talked about that in a sh- in previous episodes, like when we talked about summer is coming, it always takes me a couple weeks to adapt to a new schedule. And so it can be hard not living close to my family. And if it's a shorter time frame, it's almost like by the time I transition, it's time to leave, you know, and understanding that about myself that, okay, 
transitions can take a little longer for me. Yeah. Looking at these parts and really starting to get to know different parts and how they show up and knowing that withdrawing isn't always the most effective way. It can't be. It can be what we need at some points in our lives. I've really personally had to learn how to nurture, get to know, better understand the parts of myself that get triggered when Mm -hmm. I am around my family and understanding the need. Yeah. I hear you saying you want to approach it a lot less like you know how I mentioned it before, this sense of like, what's wrong with me? Why do I act this way, right? We end up in conflict with ourselves when we go into these situations and we act ways that don't seem to make sense to us. But if instead we can be compassionate and we can be curious and we can hold on to the fact that this is just a part of me. I didn't like all of a sudden break. I didn't become a wholly different person. A part of me came out that doesn't usually come out in my day-to-day life anymore then we can, not only can we act differently, which I think is part of what we all want, but we can, I don't know, just have more grace and ease with ourselves, which definitely helps when we're in a stressful situation. And at communicating based on those needs, which has been hard for me to do. I'm getting a lot better at it, but being able to say, okay, there is this part of me that feels very misunderstood. So 14-year-old part doesn't know how to communicate that, but 40-year-old part, self, current, does. And I've had to realize that I do have a little bit more control on what people see me as. I'm forgetful. I just am. My brain's very chaotic. I've realized that about my brain. I am a very out-of-sight, out-of-mind kind of person, which can be seen as selfish. That was, I was very much called selfish in my younger years when really, truly I wasn't selfish. It was just, I forgot or it was out of sight, out of mind. I'm a very in, I need to see you. I need to to have that connection with. And so being able to communicate that, I actually did communicate that to, I think it was my mom the last time I was back to say, listen, it's not that I don't care. It's that sometimes I literally forget because I don't see or hear, and I just get caught in my own. And I'm working on not, but it's not because I don't care. Right. Yeah, I think it's really vulnerable to, I don't know, to re-engage your current self and to say something along the lines of, hey, mom, I just noticed that when you say something like, I'm selfish, that really brings up a part of me that I don't want to bring to the table. I start to feel withdrawn. I start to feel like I've got this, have to have this tough shell. And I want to be here and I want to be open with you. And, you know, could you maybe try not to see me that way? Mm-hmm. Maybe give me a little bit of grace. I got a lot going on. It doesn't mean I don't care. Takes a lot of vulnerability to communicate it, which is hard because it's risky. You don't know how the other person's going to receive it either. And that's a scary part of being open and vulnerable with not only our extended family, but people in general, is we don't know how it's going to be received. Right. And I think that one thing that I'm learning through doing some internal family systems work is, I mean, to be fair, you probably do know, you might know exactly how it's going to be received, which is why that part (laughs) comes out, right? It might Mm -hmm. be rejected. But at the same time, if I'm able to identify, to have that mindfulness about what happens in me when I'm in these circumstances or what happens in me again and again, right? It might not just be when I'm at home with my family. 
if I'm not, if I can identify that and I can have compassion for that, and then I can say, based on me being 41 and knowing a whole lot more about it and being a better communicator, I'll communicate about it. Even if it doesn't go well, I feel more integrated. I don't feel as out of control as my 14-year-old part or my 10-year-old part or my 18-year-old part, right? Things might still go wrong, but at least it's me at 41 in the driver's seat, kind of back in that boardroom being like, all right, guys, well, that did not go according to plan. And we're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. No, I don't need you fighting that battle. No, I don't need you crying in the corner. No, I don't need you being really defensive. No, you don't have to be totally overwhelmed. You're not alone. I got it. Because we're not looking for this to create some sort of perfection in our relationships with other people. We're just looking to be more integrated yes. in ourselves. And then you are more peaceful and it does feel better, even if it's a shit show. Which it often is, embracing that chaos. Right. You know what I love too about this whole approach and looking at it from this parts perspective is I have never, ever been a believer of the past is in the past, right? How it comes out, the whole component of it or how our nervous system remembers things. But understanding what comes up and why has been helpful for me. And also realizing that the past isn't just in the past. The past comes back in the present. Right. But feeling like you have more control over Mm -hmm. how it shows up. Yeah. And more compassion because it is showing up and it's overwhelming. I also think that this framework can help you understand that, hey, you're probably not the only person who's got parts showing up that aren't (laughs) as evolved as they are in their day-to-day life, right? Especially, I think this is true with siblings where you go, okay, like you're kind of cray when we're around our family and so am I. Like we can leave and have dinner another time day and be like, sorry, (laughs) I don't know what happened there. And even, you know, even understanding that whether it's parts or whatever it is that, you know, your parents have their own sensitivities. And I think just bringing in an attitude of compassion and curiosity for yourself can help us to have more compassion and curiosity for other people before just becoming reactive. Because Mm -hmm. our reactive 14-year-old parts probably drive some behavior from our parents as well. And it's just, you know, no one wants to go back there. Nobody wants to go back there. Nobody wants to go back there. I've learned a lot from this 14-year-old part or just getting to know these different parts within me and also seeing how that 14-year-old self shows up and how it can impact relationships, friendships, anything, how it can show up. And, you know, it's interesting because it always used to be the one, a part of myself, though, that I really disliked because it would feel very out of control and it would just show up really quickly because it's very, very defensive and protective. And being able to, instead of say, gosh, I really hate this part about me or having a lot of shame attached to it, right? Oh, switching the lens to compassion over why and what it needs, for me as a human, has been really, really helpful. Yeah. Let me just say one really important thing before we wrap up for today. Our compassionate curiosity that we handle ourselves with and try to meet other people with does not mean that all behavior is acceptable. (laughs) What you might need when you go back and see your family is boundaries. What you might need is to be able to take personal accountability for your actions. And 
that compassion for yourself and that curiosity and that self-knowing and that mindfulness can allow you to do that in a way that is like, man, I'm really sorry that I did that. I bet that made you feel some sort of way. And I'm trying not to do that in the future, like not to get lost in shame, but you still need to own up. Yes. If you go back home and you act like you're 14 because that part was engaged, like you might have to say, because you're 40 now, like, oh, that's not the way I wanted to handle that. I'm sorry. And you might have to say to somebody else's stuff that's showing up and driving weird behavior, like that's not acceptable for me. So if you want to learn more about boundaries, go back to our episode about boundaries just a few ago and give that a listen. Because just because we understand what's happening doesn't mean anything goes. Yes. Oh, I love that you added that piece at the end because there's such an important part of ownership and owning our part. And I I actually don't mean that, but owning our part, right? right? Our part of what happens, because you're absolutely correct. There are behaviors that parts of us do that we have to acknowledge isn't okay all the time. Right. Even if it's coming from a place of protection, it still can hurt other people. And we have to own that. Because that part's doing the best that it can, but the best that a six-year-old self could do is certainly not as good as my 41-year-old self can do. The best that a 14-year-old self or even a 20-year-old self, we have to evolve as people over time. And so like, I want to bring my 41-year-old best, not my 14-year-old best. And when my 14-year-old best shows up, it's time to say, that was, that's not what I bring to the table anymore and apologize. That was cute. That was, that was fun. Wow. That's, no, that's, that's, that's not okay. Right. We can't, we can't keep doing that. Right. right. But it does come from getting to know it, what it needs and kind of going back to that whole beginning of just the why. For me, understanding why's is very important. I, I have a lot of compassion and empathy now, knowing why these protective parts can show up but then also owning, well, now though, as a 40-year-old woman, I need to say it's okay, I got this. So this was, I think we could take this topic in 18 different directions. I almost think we could do it on a societal basis if we really Mm -hmm. wanted to, right? Mm -hmm. How these different parts show up. What I want to say to the women listening, it is hard. It is really hard to be around around our families, our family of origin. And it doesn't mean that they weren't great or wonderful or provided. And it does not mean that you don't love them dearly and care about them. What it means is a lot of times there's something within ourselves that's coming up. And it's really important to get to know that part. What I hope we were able to to model and through my own stories and through my own sharing of going back home and visiting my own family, I do hope that the women listening can take a dive into themselves or to look at what are what is something within me that shows up when I am around my family in order for it to be a really good experience because it can. It doesn't always have to be anxiety provoking and stressful, but it's really important to tap into ourselves and our own bodies and our own minds to find out what we need in order to make that a really good experience. Thanks for listening to another Honest Women episode. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others and don't forget to leave us a five-star review. Next week, Andrea introduces me to this really cool parenting thing called gentle parenting. Yeah. 
You don't want to miss this episode. So don't forget to subscribe. Until then, hang in there, ladies.